0: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Ready right here from Innocence Redeemed. And this really wasn't a planned podcast. Um been trying to formulate a way and how I'm going to present this, but I don't know any other way but just to come right out and tell you. I had a dream last night. Well, actually this morning. This morning being June 6th. And I don't have a title for what the dream is called. But when I wrote it down, I labeled it an un, and then I put in parentheses, prepared draft. I appeared to be on a naval ship of some sort at sea. I saw all kinds of young guys in the beginning, and they looked like they were working on random tasks. They were assigned tasks, like, from communications, and some were working on promotions about war and why it was important to serve, like they were getting propaganda ready to put out, or it was just part of the message, like, you need to serve your country, stuff like that. And I was being escorted by someone, although I don't know who, you know, it may have been one of the Lord's Angels, I'm not sure. I couldn't see, and I had a dream like this, not last year also, where I was shown something and I was with someone, and I was given a bird's eye view of the operation from above, of this military operation, and though not directly shown in the dream, I knew it was some sort of retaliation against China. It appeared to be in the South China Sea, like it was off their coast. It literally looked like every aircraft carrier and ship was dispatched. I don't know whose military it was. There were no flags. I did not see the U.S. flag. I felt it was a a joint operation with the U.S. or what was left of the U.S. and other countries, but I'm not sure who all was there. We appeared to be on one of them, some sort of carrier. And throughout this dream, I was being shown different parts. And I was then led aboard a plane of some sort, like a carrier for troops. And I've never been in the military, but think of it like an aircraft, uh, such as a C 130, but it was bigger and it was packed full. The age group was both of older and younger men. And some of these grown men were sitting with their fathers. Like these men were in their 20s and 30s, and people that could have been their fathers were, on this plane with them. And the overall feeling was somber. Hardly anyone was talking. I can't be sure if talking was even allowed. Not that there was anything to say. Some were weeping. Others had blank stares on their face, like it was an unreality for them, like they couldn't believe it was happening. It was almost as if these guys were being deployed without any training, that they knew they were not going to survive, that it was a mission that was doomed to fail before it even began. And I asked this guy sitting next to me what was going on. He said, we need to pray. We are not part of the draft. And that was the end of the dream. I woke up you know it's it weighs heavily on my heart knowing what i see right now but the lord continues to show me that there are many still playing there are many still caught off guard they don't understand the time or they're in denial and they don't believe that such a thing would happen to them you know jesus told us not to let the day catch us unaware. He's shown us repetitively of the judgments that are coming. When we take a look at Jeremiah 15, verses 1 through 2, and I'm reading from the New Living here for those of you who might have difficulty following King James. Then the Lord said to me, Even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, I wouldn't help them. Away with them, get them out of my sight. And if they say to you, but where can we go? Tell them, this is what the Lord says. Those who are destined for death to death. Those who are destined for war to war. Those who are destined for famine to famine. Those who are destined for captivity to captivity. You know, as I was sitting here, after I had this dream, and I, I, I sat this morning thinking about it, I was thinking upon verses I was reflecting upon verses I have previously read where it was described what we were seeing and what we're being shown even now. I'm going to read Jeremiah 51, all of it. This is what the Lord says. I will stir up a destroyer against Babylon and the people of Babylonia. Foreigners will come and winnow her, blowing her away as chaff. They will come from every side to rise against her in her day of trouble. Don't let the archers put on their armor or draw their bows. Don't spare even her best soldiers. Let her army be completely destroyed. They will fall dead in the land of the Babylonians, slashed to death in her streets. For the Lord of heaven's armies has not abandoned Israel and Judah. He is still their God, even though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. By the way, any time Israel is mentioned, put America in there. Any time Babylon is mentioned, put America in there. Going on in verse 6. Flee from Babylon. Save yourselves. Don't get trapped in her punishment. It is the Lord's time for vengeance. He will repay her in full. Babylon has been a gold cup in the Lord's hands, a cup that made the whole earth drunk. The nations drank Babylon's wine, and it drove them all mad. But suddenly, Babylon, too, has fallen. Weep for her. Give her medicine. Perhaps she can yet be healed. We would have helped her if we could, but nothing can save her now. Let her go. Abandon her. Return now to your own land, for her punishment reaches to the heavens. It is so great it cannot be measured. The Lord has vindicated us. Come. Let us announce in Jerusalem everything the Lord our God has done. Sharpen the arrows. Lift up the shields. For the Lord has inspired the kings of the Medes to march against Babylon and destroy her. This is his vengeance against those who have desecrated his temple. Raise the battle flag against Babylon. Reinforce the guard and station the watchmen. Prepare an ambush, for the Lord will fulfill all his plans against Babylon. You are a great city, by a great river, a great center of commerce, but your end has come, the thread of your life is cut. The Lord of heaven's armies has taken this vow, and has sworn to it by his own name. Your cities will be filled with enemies, like fields swarming with locusts, and they will shout and triumph over you. The Lord made the earth by his power, and he preserves it by his wisdom. With his own understanding, he stretched out the heavens. When he speaks in the thunder, the heavens roar with rain. He causes the clouds to rise over the earth. He sends the lightning with the rain and releases the wind from his storehouses. The whole human race is foolish and has no knowledge. The craftsmen are disgraced by the idols they make. For their carefully shaped works are a fraud. These idols have no breath or power. Idols are worthless. They are ridiculous lies. On the day of reckoning, they will all be destroyed. But the God of Israel is no idol. He is the creator of everything that exists, including his people, his own special possession. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. Then we get into Babylon's great punishment. You are my battle axe and sword, says the Lord. With you I will shatter nations and destroy many kingdoms. With you I will shatter armies, destroying the horse and the rider, the chariot and the charioteer. With you I will shatter men and women, old people and children, young men and young women. With you I will shatter shepherds and flocks, farmers and oxen, captains and officers. I will repay Babylon and the people of Babylonia. For all the wrong they have done to my people in Jerusalem, says the Lord. By the way, it's worth mentioning that in the coming world war, the U.S. will probably abandon Israel. And when the invasion starts, then you'll know the Lord's hand is fully off of this country, as well as many other Western nations. This is all being drawn up now. But going on in verse 25, Look, O mighty mountain, destroyer of the earth, I am your enemy, says the Lord. I will raise my fist against you to knock you down from the heights. When I am finished, you will be nothing but a heap of burnt rubble. You will be desolate forever. Even your stones will never again be used for building. You will be completely wiped out, says the Lord. Raise a signal flag to the nations, sound the battle cry mobilize them all against Babylon. Prepare them to fight against her. Bring out the armies of Arakat, Minni, and Ashkenaz. Appoint a commander and bring a multitude of horses like swarming locusts. Bring against her the armies of the nations led by the kings of the Medes and all their captains and officers. The earth trembles and rise in pain, for everything the Lord has planned against Babylon stands unchanged. Babylon will be left desolate without a single inhabitant. Her mightiest warriors no longer fight. They stand in their barracks, their courage gone. They have become like women. The invaders have burned the houses and broken down the city gates. The news is passed from one runner to the next, as the messengers hurry to tell the king that his city has been captured. All the escape routes are blocked, the marshes have been set aflame, and the army is in a panic exactly what it looked like in that dream they looked like they were so busy and panicked that they were just whisking up anybody who could fight the war but it was like the men who were on that carrier were just cannon fodder they didn't even know what they were going to be doing going on in verse 33 we're still in jeremiah 51 this is what the lord of heaven's armies and the god of israel says babylon is like wheat on a threshing floor about to be trampled In just a little while, her harvest will begin. Make Babylon suffer as she made us suffer, said the people of Zion. Make the people of Babylonia pay for spilling our blood. Is it safe to say that we're now in a situation where we're going to reap what we've sown around the world for decades? So then we move on to the Lord's vengeance on Babylon. Verse 36, this is what the Lord says to Jerusalem. I will be your lawyer and plead your case, and I will avenge you. I will dry up her river, as well as her springs, and Babylon will become a heap of ruins haunted by jackals. She will be an object of horror and contempt, a place where no one lives. Her people will roar together like strong lions, and they will growl like lion cubs. And while they lie inflamed with all their wine, I will prepare a different kind of feast for them. I will make them drink until they fall asleep and they will never wake up again. I will bring them down, like lambs to the slaughter, like rams and goats to be sacrificed. How Babylon has fallen. Great Babylon, praised throughout the earth. Now she has become an object of horror among the nations. The sea has risen over Babylon. She is covered by its crashing waves. Her cities now lie in ruins. She is a dry wasteland where no one lives or even passes by. And I will punish Bel, the god of Babylon, and make him vomit up all he has eaten. The nations will no longer come and worship him. The wall of Babylon has fallen. Come out of her, my people. Flee from Babylon. Save yourselves. Run from the Lord's fierce anger. But don't panic. Don't be afraid. When you hear the first rumor of approaching forces... For rumors will keep coming year by year. Violence will erupt in the land as the leaders fight against each other. We are there. Putting this on pause for a moment, reading it, we are there. This nation is terribly, terribly divided in every single way, in case it hasn't been noticed. As I have said before, and as I stand on, and the Lord stands with me, It is not going back to the way it was, no matter what you are told. By the way, that verse, Jeremiah 51 verse 46, where it says, But do not panic, don't be afraid when you hear the first rumor of approaching forces, for rumors will keep coming year by year. Violence will erupt in the land as leaders fight against each other. It is important that we reference Matthew 24, because some people love to dismiss the Old Testament, they say, oh, that's not applicable. If you look at Matthew 24, verse 6, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Did you hear that? The end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines Pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. You'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Then, verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's already happening right now. Because the church is divided, and we have false prophets and priests and pastors running around saying everything will be fine, everything will be fine, do not worry, do not worry. So, when these things start to happen, do you not think that many won't be offended and won't betray one another and shall hate one another? The enemy's not in your own household. These are all things Jesus warned us about. Yet so many are sitting there thinking that I don't have to do any good. I don't do any wrong. The rapture is just going to whisk me out of here. You better be sure if that's what you believe, that your heart is right with the living God. It better be right with Jesus. You better do no wrong. Because there are many still not getting that picture. And that is what is being conveyed to me when I speak this. Someone out there is scoffing. Someone out there is mocking. The love of many is already waxing cold. People are in denial and don't even face it. And the false prophets are on the rise, deceiving many, telling people that, well, yes, this, th- these things are going to happen, but things are going to be okay. No, they're not. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The war is going to come before the abomination of desolation. Because if you go on in verse 15, that is the order and of the events. What we're to do is pray to escape these terrible things and be worthy of standing before the Lord. So, When we go back to Jeremiah 51 and continue on in verse 47, For the time is surely coming when I will punish this great city and all her idols. Her whole land will be disgraced, and her dead will lie in the streets. Then the heavens and earth will rejoice, for out of the north will come destroying armies against Babylon, says the Lord. Just as Babylon killed the people of Israel and others throughout the world, so must her people be killed. Get out, all you who have escaped the sword. Do not stand and watch. Flee while you can. Remember the Lord, though you are in a far-off land, and think about your home in Jerusalem. We are ashamed, the people say. We are insulted and disgraced, because the Lord's temple has been defiled by foreigners. Yes, says the Lord, but the time is coming when I will destroy Babylon's idols. The groans of her wounded people will be heard throughout the land. Though Babylon reaches as high as the heavens and makes her fortifications incredibly strong, I will send enemies to plunder her. I, the Lord, have spoken. Listen. Hear the cry of Babylon, the sound of great destruction from the land of the Babylonians. For the Lord is destroying Babylon. He will silence her loud voice. Waves of enemies pound against her. The noise of battle rings through the city. Destroying armies come against Babylon. Her mighty men are captured. And their weapons break in their hands. For the Lord is a God who gives just punishment. He always repays in full. I will make her officials and wise men drunk, along with her captains, officers, and warriors. They will fall asleep and never wake again, says the king whose name is the Lord of heaven's armies. That verse, verse 57, Jeremiah 51. I will make her officials and wise men drunk, along with her captains, officers, and warriors. There is a trap that is being set right now. This whole situation with Ukraine, it's a trap. It's a trap. And the leadership of this country is too drunk on their own pride and power and on its idols to even see it. But then again, it was all part of the plan. It's made to send resources abroad. So we're ripe for the taken. And that's another thing. This is why those who were on that plane in the dream were dismayed. Because they know that it's a futile battle to begin with. Because those who sent them into the battle don't even realize how lost they are. And that includes the captains, officers, and the warriors. They will fall asleep and never wake up again. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. The thick walls of Babylon will be leveled to the ground, and her massive gates will be burned. That means she's defenseless. The builders from many lands have worked in vain, for their work will be destroyed by fire. Then looking at 1 Thessalonians 5, starting on verse 3. When people are saying, everything is peaceful and secure, Then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin. And there will be no escape. Be aware of the time. Get your act together. Get right with the Lord Jesus. The time is running out. The time is almost up. That concludes the podcast for this week. That message was for somebody. I don't know who. It was for somebody or a group of people. I don't know. But these things are coming. It's just a question of when. Decide. This nation is being given over to its ways. And now you understand why I have put three words out in a row appealing to you to do the right thing. That is your encouragement. Get right with Jesus. Stop playing around and living in denial.